Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. friend hello and how are you i am well thank you i am well it is friday it is time for another set phasers episode of picard season what i was gonna say season two season one episode two maps and legends maps and legends we missed last week i think there was some sort of football game thing going on on the sunday i believe there might have been a a football game and a recording and you know we we do our best. <laughs> we do. We do our best here at Set Phasers. Your English yes. accent's oh. almost better than mine. Well, well. I've been watching a, a lot of British television. <laughs> and Picard. 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 This one? Picard. 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 <laughs> we were just talking about how on earth we were going to use that sound effect. We found it. We found a way. Yeah. We'll just go. We're watching. Um, we're talking about episode two of season one of Picard. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's no way that any of us are going to get tired of that. No, <laughs> never. Yeah. Well, I I didn't watch the big game, but I thought maybe there'd be a crazy announcement from Paramount Plus. But apparently, the only announcement is that CBS is changing its name to Paramount Plus. Oh. I missed that too. From what they posted on the uh, Star Trek forums, I was also expecting some sort of announcement uh, with regards to Strange New Worlds. Yeah, me too. But no. Sad face. It was not to be. Sad face emoji. Nonetheless, here we are talking about episode two of Picard, the, I, I would say, the first Star Trek series that is that is named after a pair son. Um, and I think I can stand by that. All the other ones are named after ships, mm-hmm. or one is named after a, Deep a station. Nine, yeah, yeah, or the but vessel, a vessel perhaps. It's Would... named after a vessel in mm. space. This one is named after the vessel of Jean Luc Picard. <laughs> and so let's get into. Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it? I'm really, really becoming a pro at sound mixing. <laughs> you really are. I mean, that's phenomenal. I enjoyed that one so much. Uh, it's good that, yeah, all the projects that I work on, such as this, don't require me <laughs> to display any any artistic taste as far as like what I'm mixing. I'm just like, pour some reverb on top of that. Yeah, I do the same. Oh, that's right. You were going to come up with a da 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 da. I am. No, that's on my notes. Yes. The da 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 is going to be changed to Jean-Luc Picard. Coming soon on set phases. And I have some other themes that uh, may become relevant as 
the show hmm. progresses. But let's talk about maps and legends, shall we? When we last left off, Picard, yes? What is the star date, Archibramese? Oh, my goodness. I didn't write it down. So I'll have to tell you from memory of how I construct them that it is star <laughs> date uh, 30212.6. Yeah. <sighs> I'm pretty good. You are on it. And you can take that to the bank. So last time on set phasers, as we discussed about Picard, it was Picard. He's old. He's retired. He left Starfleet. He's angry. He lives in his chateau. Uh, He gives an interview. It goes terribly, terribly wrong. He says Starfleet is not what it should have been because the Romulan star exploded and they didn't save the Romulans, but it also synthetics were outlawed because of some sort of terrorist attack. And then he meets a young lady. Her name is Dodge. And she says, I don't know why I'm here, but my brain told me to find you. And he says, you might be Data's daughter after he has a dream and consults some information. And then she's like, okay, great. And then they are attacked by people wearing full black gear and Dodge is killed. And Picard is like, say what, 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 what? And that's sort of the end of episode one. So episode two, perhaps you wonder about what happened with the synthetics? Well, your answers are here in Maps mm. and Legends. We begin in Mars on the Utopia Planitia shipyards. It is first contact day, and only a skeleton crew are operating the shipyards that day, along with their their faithful and uh, helpful uh, crew of synthetics. Now, these synthetics look sort of like Data. They have uh, the gold yellow skin and the gold eyes, but they are not nearly as advanced and we see what a day in the life of a synthetic is like, kind of wakes up in a box, like with other synthetics, like a little public gym kind of deal uh, is brought out. They go to work. They work with some some other humanoids. It seems like the humanoids are sort of torn between being cool with the synthetics and sort of making fun of the synthetics, you know. Mm-hmm. In this instance, they, they make some jokes with uh, the synthetic, whose name is F8. And some jokes at the synthetic, whose name is F8. Uh, but things seem to be going as planned. There's a break for lunch. F8 is chilling. Would you think there may have been a sort of an inside joke, it being fate? F8? Well, fate? I do kind of think that, but I, you know, tinfoil time. I don't want people to think that that's all I do is come up with crazy theories. That is what you do. So we, well, it's mostly what you do. I do other things. <laughs> I make coffee. Um, so at lunch, F8 kind of has a freak out. His eyes go all weird. F8 gets up and starts messing with the panels in the room. And the humanoids there, humans are like, wait, what are you doing, F8? Get out of here. And one guy goes there and tries to, like, interrupt him and stop him from messing with all the control panels. And the android just reaches back and snaps that guy's neck like it's nothing. Uh, and then F8 appears to, like, activate the planetary defense grid. Uh and maybe it's aimed like at Mars, I guess, like instead of out. And then picks up some sort of like, not quite a gun, but like a tool that you use for riveting or something that they were using there. And F8 kills the rest of the crew that were working in its little pod and then kills itself. And that, uh, and then, you know, Mars explodes and its atmosphere is still on fire today. Anyway, Jean-Luc, now, in the as we zip forward to the present, is talking to his two housekeepers, Laris and uh, Zeba, 
Is that right there, right? I've forgotten Zeba. I knew it was Laris. Yeah, Laris and Zeba. Uh, and they're reviewing the footage from Starfleet from when Picard and Dodge were attacked. However, Dodge does not show up in the in the footage. In fact, it just looks like Picard runs out there, falls down. Uh, there's no trace of her in the computer, in any of the records, so it seems weird. We find out that his two assistants are former, like, Romulan Secret Service kind of spooky people. They worked for the Tal Shiar, but Zabin says, like, oh, it may not be the, it, it looks like the Tal Shiar, and then Lara says it could be the Zat Vash, and and they explained to Jean-Luc that the Zat Vash is, like, considered an even more sort of arch uh radicalized part of the Tal Shiar sort of or at least they can they conduct themselves similarly but they're more sort of um zealot like mm. uh and they're used sort of as a scary story so there's some debate even between the two housekeepers as to whether the Zatvash actually exist very illuminati-esque mm-hmm. very illuminati-esque however should they exist it is posited that they are a group based on getting their ways through acts of terrorism, and they have a hatred and fear of synthetics. So it does, it sort of, it tracks. Uh, so Picard and Laris go to Dodger's apartment. They beam right in there, and they find it. It looks like it's been lived in, but it doesn't look like there was a huge, horrible fight here where Dodge was activated and killed 40 people and her boyfriend was stabbed in the chest. None of that seems to be going on. And so Laris uses a sort of outlawed... Uh, technique of molecular reconstruction to see what had happened in the apartment before something that the the federation thinks is dubious and that laris assures picard that is what they wanted the federation to think and they're able to see dodge and her boyfriend that night which we saw in episode one and eh, i got into the day stream it's so great this calls for drinks but it all cuts off all the data cuts off before the incursion of the people in their black suits so it's a little confusing uh so what did I do? Oh, because I, guys, just so you know, I use one page, but I write on it like it's two pages. Laris is suspicious that there's no information. I got to get all the data in there. And she says, if this was the Zadvash, they would have been able to wipe the particles here for me to do a molecular reconstruction. So maybe they, they think we'll use the computer to find out who uh, Dodge last contacted. So maybe we can find that twin of hers that may exist, according to Dr. Girati. They're able to find the data on the computer, but they, the mechanisms of data that sort the data are gone. And so it's like completely, it's chaos, it's disarray. But they are able to discover that there is a sister and that the sister exists, but the sister is not on Earth. Smash got back to the artifact, the Borg cube that is uh, under the control of some sort of Romulan science initiative. And Soji, Dodge's identical twin sister, and possibly also a synthetic. Hmm? Uh, and she's talking with Narek, the super duper hot, hot Romulan, messy hair, ugh, emo, angsty rock and yeah. emo, listens to the Smiths, uh, Romulan by the name of Narek. And they met and, like, exchanged a few flirty words at the end of the last episode. But now they are uh, on if you If you catch my drift, they are in a state of extreme déshabille. And 
Narek's like, hey, yeah, the artifact. And Soju's like, that's right. Um, we don't really know what they do on the artifact at this point, but they talk about how it's a cube that's been separated from the board collective, and that's why it's vulnerable and the Romulans have control over it. But Narek sort of expresses disdain for the board cube because it doesn't do much except that extracting the board technology from it apparently makes them able to turn some sort of intimate, some sort of profit. Excuse me. Next line. <laughs> they get intimate. Oh yeah. Just love uh, that little uh, slip of the tongue. Yeah. They make some sort of intimate. Hello. Yeah. It's like my pen drifting <laughs> off the page. Cause they started getting it on. Uh, <laughs> We're so mature on this show. What can I say? Yeah, one one time you said boobs and I didn't recover for like <laughs> said, three days. I said tits. What did you say? Oh, even worse. Don't say it again. <laughs> I think I said about it. It was something. It, no, it, you. It, let's not. Let's I don't not remember. I may have it. edited it out of the actual podcast, but now we, we can't do that anymore. I sure hope you do. But it seems like a pro. Okay, so um, they decided they're going to have to keep their relationship secret because they're not allowed to actually intermingle. So I see you smirking. I can just watch you smirking. Sorry, I was just remembering saying the boob word again. Yes. That's funny. Sorry. No. There's nobody there. Apparently there's some structures within the hierarchy that would mean that that uh, Soji and Narek shouldn't be uh, in flagrante with each other. And so their relationship will have to remain on the down low for the time being. However, it's sketchy. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Picard is visited by an old friend. I wrote down his name, so let's see if I can read it. Dr. Moritz Benayoun. And they have tea on the patio. And, well, Picard offers him tea. And then Moritz says, uh, actually, I think you need to give me something a little stronger. And he was the doctor from... The Stargazer. Is that, yes. I think we glean yes. that information. Yes. yes. They're old friends. He Former was the doctor crewmate. from the Stargazer. Yes, exactly. And he's come with the, the results of Picard's physical. And he says, Picard, you're in excellent health for a man your age. You're doing wonderful. Except there's one thing. You have some abnormality in your parietal lobe. And parietal lobe. Pri- parietal, parietal lobe. lobe. Parietal lobe. Uh... Why for does he have that? Because he was Borg. And uh, uh, Moritz (laughs) indicates that uh, it's inoperable. It's incurable. There's a lot of options for treatment. But as he puts it, they all end one way. Uh, So Picard says, listen, just certify me for space travel because I got something I need to do. And Moritz is sort of like, why would you want to go to space when you're in your condition? But he goes, I guess whatever trouble you get up to, maybe it'll kill you before this parietal lobe business kills you. Super positive diagnosis. Hey, listen, they're old men. They, you know, death to to death, they are no strangers. Tis a good Uh, day to die. Tis a good day to die. The next day, I presume, Picard goes to Starfleet and... He goes to the desk, and there's a young person there, and he gets his little badge, and he's going to meet the CNC, the commander-in-chief. And he goes up, and he gets his meeting with the fleet admiral, Kristen Clancy. And basically, Picard is there, and he sits down, and he says, listen, uh, there's some stuff going on. Data, daughter, synthetics, Romulans. Uh, I just wondered if you could allow me to requisition a small ship 
uh, so that I could figure out what's going on with that. And demote says, me hey, if you need to. Yeah, if if it's too conspicuous with me being an admiral in charge of a ship, demote me to captain. I'm fine with it. I have, I got no skin in the game. And Clancy is like, eh, no. Uh, <laughs> she actually uses the words, and I quote, sheer fucking hubris. That was a good line. I wrote that down myself. That was, yeah, it really knocks you back on your feet. It sure does. Um, she mentions the FNN interview where he basically derided Starfleet and the Federation for not being what they once were. Um, they argue. Uh, Picard eventually goes into a Picardy style lecture about, well, it's because the Federation should have been there, but they weren't there. And that's why you open the thing. And yes, please. Jean Luc, sometimes I think the only reason I come here is to listen to these wonderful speeches of yours. Mm hmm. But not to be outdone, Clancy, who I'm sure does her own share as, as a fleet admiral of talking <laughs> and lecturing to people, basically tells Picard, you're not the big dog here anymore. Go home. Request denied. And so he leaves with his tail between his legs. Uh, Soji, back on the artifact, is fact, is getting into some overalls. She's pinning some sort of weird device on her chest that has lights on it. She meets a new friend, a trill. She helps the trill into the jumpsuit. Oh, I didn't realize she was trill. I missed that. I'm pretty sure she's trill. I should have she did checked. have the, you're right, she had the markings, she but did. I couldn't okay. work out. I just wrote down, yeah, she tried. I didn't see it. Uh, well, you know, what can I say? There you go. And they are, apparently, we find out that they are guests of the, quote, Borg Artifact Research Institute. Bear. Yeah, Barry? The Barry. Oh, he's a Barry. Mm-hmm. Fate, Barry, remember those things, it's all going to be connected, man. And um, it won't. They, uh, they're getting dressed and they see Narek from afar. And remember, this is a secret Soji has with Narek. But Narek, but the Trill, whose name we haven't gotten yet, mentions to Soji, like, hey, I didn't know Vulcans could be so hot. And Soji's like, oh, yeah, they can be hot. Uh, and they're like, okay, giggle, giggle. And they get instructions by the administrator. They're basically like, listen, you're going to go into what we call the gray zone. And you may find some some former parts of some former parts of the collective, i.e. Borg there. You may run into them. They're mostly harmless. However, if your, your device on your chest blinks green, then run, run. Um, and then just as they're about to go through, Narek approaches them. And so she's like, Oh, Narek, Narek, you should meet the, my friend here. And Narek's like, I know who you are. You are. Oh no, I wrote this too fast. Dr. Naashala Kunamadestifi. That's not exactly correct. I should have checked the pronunciation, but those are the letters in front of me. Let's call if her. she were Trill, would she not have had the... She do, Not if she doesn't have a uh, symbiote. At that point, okay. most Trills didn't have the symbiote. I think uh-huh. that's right. true. Yeah. That's probably true, yeah. yeah. Um, it's working in there. But she is a doctor from Trill Polytech. We're going to call her Dr. K from now on. Uh, and she expresses some concern as they're about to go through about the cube. Could it just reconnect? I mean, we don't know how the Borg work, you know? And so generic assure her, listen, there's no danger here. Once they have these uh, quantum failure dingy dingies, the, the cube is shut off. So it doesn't damage the rest of the collective. So this is essentially a graveyard. 
And and uh, Dr. K says, well, what does that make us? And uh, I think Narek is the one who says, well, you know, essentially any people who come to graveyards looking for lost treasures among the dead. He doesn't say it exactly like that, but that's how I like to think he says it. He says it like that with his pouty, pouty lips. And then uh, they go through into the gray zone. Before Soji steps through, Narek asks if he can join her for the, quote, procedure. And she says, well, sure, but you'll need approval from the Vulc- the, uh, the Romulans in command, and then walks away, and then he mutters to himself, actually, I don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, back on Earth. This one jumps around. Gerardi is visiting Picard, Dr. Agnes Gerardi. <clears throat> she doesn't cry in this episode. <laughs> Note, you just, I'm just letting you know, I think we could, we could figure out times when she does it. She's going to be doing a lot of crying. I think. We need a sound effect for that. I don't want to jump ahead, but it's after she has her interaction with, you know, who that she then becomes sort of emotionally and mentally mm. unstable. Right. Cause they put that thing in her head. Spoiler alert. Um, Spoiler yeah, alert. Spoiler alert. Yes, just so you know, something happens to Dr. Agnes Gerardi, I think in the next episode. And Steph and I, what I remember is that we both are like, yeah, she's constantly on the verge of tears. Oh, yeah. Madness and tears. But it becomes a I running was, joke. <clears throat> I remembered <laughs> at this point watching now, I was like, oh yeah, there's a reason for it. It's not that her character is uh, like unstable. It's that they're made unstable by something that happens. End of spoilers. Okay. <laughs> I've forgotten what happens. This is why we're rewatching. Oh, yeah. Well, don't tempt me to do another spoiler alert, but yeah. Okay, great. <clears throat> so she shows up. She asks for Earl Grey tea. Picard is delighted. They have tea together. She has the file on Maddox, but of course it's mostly redacted. She also can confirm that Dodge, whoever Dodge was, was in fact accepted into the Daystrom Institute. However, Dodge's whole profile, her person, her, her history, her story is too perfect. It seems like a, a constructed identity that was built all at once. And Picard posits, well, could Maddox have done that? You know, if he's alive out there somewhere, could he have done that? And um, Gerardi says, well, he could, but she couldn't figure out why he would want to do something like that. In any case, Gerardi says, listen, you should forget about Dodge altogether. She's gone. She's been blowed up. But if you want to get to the bottom of this, you need to find the other android, the matched pair out there because of the cloning technique. Speaking of the matched pair on the because of the cloning technique, back to the Borg cube. We watch Soji as she is observing a Romulan scientist uh, operating on one of the sort of like diminished Borg. And the Romulan refers to the Borg as nameless, to which Soji takes some uh, umbrage, you might say. And they remove like an implant from the Borg's arm, and then they remove the ocular implant, which basically is sure to kill them. And it's great. But then Soji does something very weird. And listen... We didn't know that she was a robot, but we kind of guessed. But then she leans over to the Borg, and in Borg language, she says, you are free, my friend. Oh, I didn't know it was Borg language. Well, it's in, oh, it's not in Borg language. It's in the na- the language of the race that Nameless oh. was. Yeah. Which is like, what's the explanation for that? There ain't none. Back on Earth, Picard picks up his comm badge after a night of contemplation. Uh, and he calls Raffi, 
whoever that may be. And he says, hey, Rafi, it's me, Picard. Don't hang up. You know, the old dramatic thing you do where, you know, lets people know that this person doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> Great. You put the badge on. I put my little badge on. <laughs> yeah. Don't hang up. And he says, listen, I need your help. I need a ship. Uh, but there's no response. So now let's do something new. We return to Starfleet headquarters, but now we return to the office of Commodore O, a Vulcan, definitely of high rank. And that Vul- and she is contacted by Admiral, Fleet Admiral Clancy. And uh, Clancy explains all the things that Picard is talking about. The androids, Bruce Maddox, secret Romulans carrying out military exercises and, and killing uh, people in the street without any trace of it. And O says, ah, not super concerned about that. Uh, but Clancy's like, listen, I just want you to look into it because he could be a real thorn in our side. And it seems like I put him down, but if he's still interested, he might find another way to pursue this. Like, a, you know, you know, Picard. Um, and so Commodore O agrees to do that. Uh, back at the, the Chateau du Picard, uh, Laris and Zavid have found out about Picard's desire <laughs> to go after, uh, the other android after Soji, essentially. And Laris is very unhappy about it. She basically says, are you senile? Because you're not stupid. And this is a stupid thing. <laughs> That's a great scene. I love, I really enjoyed that. It was pretty wonderful. Yeah. Cause no one talks to Picard like that. And it's very refreshing. Uh, she basically says, well, then you can go. I don't care. And you should take Zabin with you. That way you can both die together. And she storms out of the room and uh, Picard and uh, Zabin are like, uh, what? But they sort of discuss what they're going to do. And Picard's like, you know, you need to take care of the vineyard and you should stay behind with Laris because what if something does happen to me? Because also remember subtext that they possibly don't know about. He going to die because he got that parietal lobe issue going on. And so he, this is sort of one last hurrah for Picard. Um, but Zabin does advise him like, well, if you can't get your friends and have them risk their lives for you, get all the gang back together, war, majority, and so and so. And, and Picard's like, ah, I couldn't do that to them. He's like, well, <clears throat> then you'll need somebody who like, who hates you but will do you a favor, essentially. And Picard's like, I've already made the call. Back to O's office. Who doesn't love Laris? Back to O's office. Enter Lieutenant Rizzo. A human. A female. And she shows up. Seemingly. (laughs) She shows up. (laughs) And she's discussing with Rizzo. And they're talking about Picard and concerns and so on and so forth. Eventually it comes out that Rizzo is the one who's responsible for the death of Daj. Uh, because the uh, 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 O calls Daj the thing. But also they become aware that they think that the the, the cause of that was not was really O wanted Rizzo to go get Dodge, bring her in, and allow them to question it so that they could find the other ones, the other abominations. But because Rizzo got overambitious, they killed her instead. And so now they're worried because, A, there's more out there and they don't have a lead, and B, Picard now, who they thought would be discouraged by this experience, seems to, because of Clancy's call, still be interested in following up on what's going on with the other one. But they also know about the other one because then... Uh, o says, well, you still stay on the mission that you have 
and what's going on there and do you have eyes on it and are you getting information and Rizzo says she's got her quote best man on it and O basically says you better for your sake and his which you know threat um Meanwhile, Picard takes a taxi <laughs> to, which is a great title for like a chapter in a, a YA book about John mm. Picard. Picard takes a taxi, takes a taxi to a desolate, rocky, beautiful sort of desert scape area. And he gets out of the, t- the taxi with nothing. Uh, I mean, he's wearing clothes, but nothing else <laughs> but a bag with wine in it. And he walks up to a house. And as he approaches the house, a woman emerges with an energy shotgun, essentially. And she, you hear like, it sort of. Yeah, like cock. Yeah. yeah. Like ready to shoot. And she says, hey, just turn around and go back. Picard puts his hands up in the air and he's like, oh, no, hey, uh, no, no, no. I, I, I just brought you some wine. I just wanted to talk to you. And, and she doesn't seem interested. He's like, all right. I'll go if you're really upset. I'm just going to tell you about these secret Romulans carrying out, uh, you know, extra, you know, governmental assassinations on the ground. And then the woman's like, wait a second. Is that bottle a bottle of the 86, uh, you know, Picard wine? And he assures her that is, and she invites him in. But we, we can only assume maybe that's Raffi, but we don't really get like a clear. Anyway, what's going on there? We'll find out. Back to the cube. Meanwhile, on the artifact, Narek gets a call. And who should show up on his holographic phone but Lieutenant Rizzo. And he makes fun of her for her surgically rounded ears because she's a Romulan. Hit me with the dun dun dun. <laughs> Posing as a human in the Federation. They're in cahoots. Uh, and she's uh, is, tells him to shut up. They have a contentious relationship. He says he's been making progress. His approach is slow, but is the most sound approach. And Rizzo says, okay, well, the Commodore is very distressed. So she's going to be arriving on the artifact soon to take over. And he says, oh, you should trust me. Uh, I'm doing it the right way. And she says, listen, you can do it your way. But if you don't get the results that we need before I get there, then we're going to do it my way. And my methods are much more drastic and... In the end, it is revealed she is his younger brother. No, he is her younger brother. She is his younger brother. He is her. Narek and Rizzo, they related. Narek is younger. Yep. One of them Mm -hmm. came first. And that's Rizzo. Mm. They're both Romulans, but she's had her ears surgically rounded. And he is a hot brooding mess. And they're trying to get the information, some information out of, we presume, Soji, about where the other, quote, abominations are. And that is the end of episode two (laughs) of season one of Star Trek Picard Maps and Legends. Thank you. Good job. It flew around a lot, but then it went right there. (laughs) You know, we try. All right, thoughts about this episode? It was, I enjoyed it. It was a good setup for what is to come. There were some nice little comedic moments that we had, you know, getting to know our our characters a little bit deeper. Um, hmm. Oh, there were some very, there were a few comedic moments, actually. There was a few little in-jokes. 
Um, did you notice, I'm sure you did, when we got onto the Borg ship and they were preparing to take people around, the, you know, a tour of the vessel, there was a sign that said 1,846 days. Or this, what was it? This facility has not had an assimilation in 5,846 yeah. days. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Little, 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 yes. little things. Romulan mm. humor. Yeah. What did you think? Well, some interesting moments. I enjoy it. You know, this is um I remember watching it the first time and re-watching it now because I know it's coming, I can appreciate it more than I did the first time. I feel like the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, but what's going on? You know, it just felt like a lot of Things were being put in place, but nothing really moved forward. Picard doesn't leave the mansion, the mansion, the chateau. There's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of people talking. There's some people kissing in bed. Who cares? You know, but in the end, all of this stuff, this this is the quiet before the storm. And this is when you gather you rosebuds for the whirlwind is coming. Uh, so it's interesting to watch these because I know in a few episodes, all hell's going to break loose and everything's going to be amazing. So I really I enjoy this maps and legends. It's sort of like also the the name the 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 meaning of the name really sinks in because this is like hey get your bearings because these oops sorry get your bearings because uh, as demonstrated by my my uh, tablet uh, everything's gonna fall down soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's mm-hmm. how I felt about it. Um, any. Quotable moments? I'm so glad you asked. Quotable moments. Quotable moments. Let's see. Quotable moments. I never really cared for science fiction. I guess I didn't really get it. Yeah, that was funny. Yes, yeah. that was funny. Picard mm-hmm. to Jurati. Um, I there wasn't exactly a quotable moment, but I did love it when he went to the front desk at Starfleet and the guy yeah. says, Name? <laughs> yeah. And they're also like, Oh, it's good to see you up and about, sir. Yeah. Like he's like grandpa or something. <laughs> yeah. His his face was classic there. Yeah, he was like, really frazzle. Um, I wrote down the little section that Laris and Picard have. What have you gone mad? Is it dementia? He says, <laughs> yeah. I beg your pardon. She says, Sorry, but you're not a stupid man. So when I hear you say <laughs> a stupid idea, I have to ask for other explanations. Yeah. You That's want me to sit here and worry about the spittle bugs on the pinot? <laughs> the spittle bugs on the pinot. Spittle bugs on the pinot. Spittle bugs on the. And then, well, go and take that one with you, and you can die together. Mm-hmm. That was That's my. Right. That was my Irish. You made her Irish. She was Irish. Is she Irish? Yes, she's Irish. I thought she we was Romulan. Whole, we had this whole conversation. Oh, we did. Last we week. talked about this last time. I had. Don't hear it. I just go like, sweet, sweet Romulan (laughs) sound. I just totally buy it. I totally buy it. But Uh, she has a different accent to the other one. I know. Yeah, but I just just accept it. You just (laughs) see the ears and you're like, cool. All right. Yeah, I'm like, they Romulan. Romulan. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, Romulans can't can't be Irish. There's got to be some explanation. Uh, that's just, maybe she learned English from an Irish person. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. I wrote this whole thing down, but they're basically, it's uh, the part where Clancy and Ricardo are yelling at each other, which I just thought was a great bit of dialogue because you get so much information about the relationship Picard has with the Federation now. But basically, it's all about, like, the Romulus. We shaved them, but they were enemies before, so why are you, you know, giving us so much crap about it? And, and... The, you know, Picard says the Federation doesn't get to decide 
if a species lives or dies? Gan says, yes, we do. We absolutely do. Thousands of other species depend on us for unity, for cohesion. We didn't have enough ship left, ships left. We had to make choices. But the great Captain Picard didn't like his orders. And Picard says, I was standing up for the Federation, for what it represents, for what it should still represent. And then Clancy says, how dare you lecture me? <laughs> and then uh, at the end, she says... <laughs> This is no longer your house, Jean-Luc, so do what you're good at. Go home. Request denied. Do you think we should change the format of the show to you just playing all <laughs> just of the characters? <laughs> Me chewing the scenery, doing everything way over dramatic. There <laughs> Um, I mean, both of us might enjoy it, but I don't think anyone else would. That's true. Um, yeah, and I wrote down the, the sheer fucking hubris. You think you can just waltz back in here and be entrusted with taking men and women into space? But, uh, yeah. Oh, why do you call them nameless? Their species had a name. We don't. We just don't know what it was. And then the, the Romulan, like, uh, artifact extractor says, nameless is a name. That's just heavy. Indeed. I'm going to put Indeed. that up there uh, on uh, computer... Show me, you know, where I came from so that I can finally be free. With weird sentences that Star Trek does that says that make me feel like I'm meditating. (laughs) Nameless is a name. All right. I mean, listen, we're about to get into some real booger honey iced tea. You dig? Yeah. Um, So... Uh, I don't think I have any other specific notes unless I threw them down. No. But I'll tell you what I did forget to do right down the next episode. So. <clears throat> Should we, uh, do we need to Google that? Yeah, I need to Google it. You can Google that. I sure can. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> That's my sound effect for like typewriter, like you're oh, typing I, something I in. Oh, I quite liked it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> give I you wasn't a few expecting extra it. Seconds. I wasn't expecting it, but I quite liked it. Uh, yes. So next week, come hell or high water, we will be discussing episode three of season one of of Star Trek Picard, entitled "The End Is the Beginning." Oh, and I should have said we should do next time. Yeah, let's let's do that. All right, yeah. let's do next time. Next time on Set Phasers. Yes, next time on Set Phasers, we will be discussing season three of Picard. Season, episode I did the season three. <laughs> <laughs> Pick so, hang on, should we just should we stop the music? All right. Yeah. <clears throat> you ready? <clears throat> yep, yep. Go. Next time on Set Phasers. Yes, next time on Set Phasers, we will be discussing season one, episode three of Star Trek Picard, entitled The End is the Beginning. Ooh, and things are going to get crazy. Crazy. Um, so hold on to your butts, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's going to be a thrill ride. I've already heard from some of uh, you who, who listen to the show that you're excited that we're covering Picard, which I'm delighted to hear. Uh, yeah. 
And those of you watching now, thank you very much for joining us. And those of you listening afterwards, thank you as well. If you enjoyed the program, you can catch us every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live. Or, if you prefer, as a podcast every Monday, wherever podcasts come from. Yes, and we are on Facebook, of course, and Instagram at said Phasers Podcast. My meme game is on point. Please feel free to follow us. Join in the conversation of all things Trek right there. Hashtag Steph, meme game strong. Hashtag meme queen. Uh, if you hashtag meme queen, say that five times fast. Don't, 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 don't do it. If you want to support us on our continuing mission to discover what Discovery and Picard have in store for Picard. us, we'd only be delighted. You can Picard. Picard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can patronize us. We can take it by going to patreon.com slash set phasers and signing up to support us. Indeed. And this weekend we are having our, our monthly, I was going to say inaugural, but it's not inaugural. We're having our monthly yeah. Netflix watch party. What are we watching, Aki? Have we decided? We're yeah, I wrote them down, but I can't remember. But I think, well, I th we should debate. Yeah. Because I don't think we really talked about it. But mm. we're, it's, since it's going to be Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day, we thought we'd watch the love episodes love. of Star Trek. I was thinking either we go with like real cool loved ones, like, uh, you know, your Riker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Riker Troys or super duper awkward ones. Oh, do you mean like, a, yeah. oh, 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 the Geordie Lafoy. There's always a, an awkward Geordie Obviously, one. Geordie and the scientist, that's just yes. so cringy, but it's almost worth it. There's a good, uh, the do there's one with the doctor in Voyager, I think. There's a super awkward one. Oh, there's the yeah. Chakotay one in Seven. I seven think Chakotay in Seven might. Oh, that's a good one. That's actually, oh, no, that's yeah. the one. All right. Yeah, okay. We're going to watch some Star Trek Voyager <laughs> this Sunday. <laughs> You heard it here first. On folks. Valentine's Day. So uh, bring someone you love and join us. All you have to do is become a patron on Patreon and you can join us. For as little us as a few bucks a month. That's right. You get access for, to For us. the price of a cup of coffee, you can hang out with us on Valentine's and Day. And that's what we do with Shoulders. it. We just buy coffee. That's so, it. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is 100% what no, we do. Yeah, entirely. I, put it in, I do put it in my set phasers month. Okay. Um, I, well, that's that. That was just my line. Yeah, <laughs> uh -huh, sure. Until next, until next time, I am Stevie Mans, and I am Aki Burmese, and this has been Set Phasers. Ugh. I said Chet Phasers. And I am Aki Burmese. Yes, I am Sean Connery, <laughs> and this has been Set Phasers. <laughs> I am Aki Burmese, and this has been Set Phasers. A highly illogical Star Trek podcast. That is all staying in the episode. Computer, oh. where's my button gone? End program. Mm -hmm.